Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Zero Days podcast, the show where we teach you how to survive in A&E. Accident and emergency, the only place where your patient can go from being absolutely adorable to John Wick and the Terminator combined in about 3 minutes. As always, I am Imtiaz Asif, your host, and I'm joined today by Rosa and Fadi. Welcome to the show, guys. Hello. My name is Rosa, ED locum doc and gynae enthusiast. <laughs> gynae enthusiast. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Are you a gynae enthusiast as well? <laughs> What people don't know is I have a bachelor's in obstetrics though. Yeah, fun fun little known fact there. But <laughs> I do see that he's a gynae enthusiast. My name is Fadi. Uh, you probably already know me from now. Uh, this is my third time on the show. Thanks for having me back. Alright guys, good to have you here. Before we get the show on the road, quick disclaimers. First, our scenarios are entirely made up and bear no resemblance to anyone. Any resemblance to anyone is merely a coincidence. Secondly, this is a made up scenario and how the person managing a case would go about it as per the nice guidelines and the guidelines that we usually follow at work. Please do consider going over your own local and national guidelines and discuss with a senior doctor to get their advice before proceeding. And lastly, this is aimed at medical professionals at the FY2 level. And while it's educational, it should be taken just as advice. All right, so with the disclaimers out of the way, now it's time to move to the ED dad joke of the day where I torture everyone and make Fadi question his own existence. Are you ready for this, guys? <laughs> okay, Hit so me. what's the proper punctuation for a negative pregnancy test? A period. <laughs> Fadi. So glad. You should though. <laughs> right. So, now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's move on to our <laughs> <laughs> Rosa, Rosa just got it. Okay, so Rosa, can we continue? <laughs> right. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. So now that we said gynae enthusiast. Yeah, gynae enthusiast. Cool, cool. A period. <laughs> yeah. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's move on with our case today. Rosa will be taking the case, and Fadi will be assisting her with it. Today we'll be doing something just a bit different. So, Rosen Fadi, let's get started whenever you guys are ready. Let's sure. go. Rosa, so you're sitting in majors when your agent in charge asks you to go see a patient being brought in by ambulance. You reach the cubicle and get a handover from the emergency crew. It's a 27-year-old woman, let's call her Mrs. X, being brought in with severe abdominal pain and PV bleeding. The ambulance crew members shift the patient onto the trolley and give you a handover. Mrs. X had called 999 and she had developed abdominal pain starting about 2 days ago. Initially the pain was 2 out of 10 in intensity, but it has rapidly increased to a 7 out of 10 right now. The patient is also complaining of mild left-sided shoulder pain along with nausea but no vomiting. She also said that she noticed light spotting but says she's not had her period for about 5 to 6 weeks now. The patient says her periods are usually irregular due to her PCOS and other medical history includes anemia for which she's on iron supplements and some mild eczema. 
when the ambulance crew got there, they noticed that the patient was doubled up in pain and that she looked quite pale. Um, by this time, Miss, uh, Mrs. X has already been shifted to the trolley and your trusty nurse has already hooked her up to the monitor. You look up and you see the following orbs. Heart rate of 95 per minute, blood pressure of 105 over 54, respirate of 28 and sats of 100% on room air. Rosa, can you quickly summarize? I know that that was quite a lot of information. So let's, yeah, let's summarize it for our listeners over here. A 27-year-old female with abdo pain and some light PV spotting. That's not unusual for her because of the history of her PCOS. Um, did we mention her her sexual history? Oh, um, sorry. I, I actually forgot about that. So, she does have a regular partner and they are trying to conceive. Okay. So, I assume she's not on any contraceptives? No, she's not. And no history of STDs? No. Sweet. Um, so looking at her obs, she's sort of on the borders of unstable, running slightly high with a heart rate of 95, slightly hypotensive with a BP of 105 over 54, and she's tachypnic. So um, now I would like to move on with my ABCDE assessment and or... maybe try to resuscitate her at the same time, get some fluids in her. Okay, let's start with the ABCDE assessment. Um, okay, so I'll ask about each of the domains, Rose, and you tell me what you see in them. Let's start with airway A. Her airway, she is talking full sentences, so it's open or patent, as some people like to say. All right, and then moving on to breathing B. B, so um, I can't hear any loud breathing noises. Her chest is clear on auscultation with bilateral air entry present and equal on both sides. All right, moving on to circulation C. So she is quite tacky, um, but it is regular and she's slightly hypotensive, as I mentioned earlier. Her periphery, peripheries, 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 anemone um, <laughs> are cool to touch. So that's a slightly concerning. All right. And then moving on to disability D. So GCS of 15 and her pupils are equal and reactive to light. And lastly, moving on to exposure E. Uh, that's normal. I can't really see any rashes, no cuts to the skin. Her temperature is, what's her temperature actually? Uh, temperature was normal. It was 37.2. Cool. All right. On secondary survey, I see that her abdomen is globally tender. She is guarding um, and it's not distractible guarding. She does have some right iliac fossa tenderness. Um, for the rest, her bowel sounds are normal and I can't feel any masses. All right. So time to bring Fadi in. Fadi, what do you think are the differentials for the scenario? Um, so at this point, we'd have a couple. Uh, we'll start with uh, the first one is appendicitis uh, because of the right iliac fossa pain right. and obviously the tenderness in that area. Um, number two, we think of an ectopic pregnancy due, due to the last menstrual period being five to six weeks ago. I know that she has PCOS, but this is something that we should consider as well. Yeah. Uh, number three, we can consider an ovarian torsion or a cyst accident because of her history of PCOS. Um, these are probably the most important differentials to consider at the moment. I would immediately start doing the necessary investigations next. And what would you consider sending off? So first off, I would send the routine bloods, including an FPC, as the patient is known to be anemic. Use in ease LFTs, CRPs to rot an infection, um, but most importantly, a group and save and a coag screening, along with other blood tests, just in case that there is a bleed. Because sometimes you forget to take a group and save and then by then it's hard to get access or you have to recannulate the patient. Um, 
I would also get a urine pregnancy test and send off a beta ACG while we're there. All right. Um, what if the patient is not able to provide a urine sample for the pregnancy test? Then what would you do? So uh, a little hack for some of the juniors that are coming in and listening to this podcast is that you can actually use the VBG sample and you can put some droplets of blood into the cassette and then generally that should work as an indicator of beta HCG. Okay. So speaking of VBGs now, Rosa, Mrs. X now has a candle in situ and Fadi has very kindly helped to send off the bloods for you. What would you ask to be started while waiting for the VBG? Uh, so I would start her on fluids and painkillers and I would also like to do a speculum exam, see what's going on down there. Dun, dun, dun. It's time for a twist, Rosa. <gasps> what's going on? Okay, so just as about you do, uh, you're about to do a speculum examination, your patient says that the pain has increased and she feels like she's about to faint. You look up at the monitor and you see the following observations. Heart rate has just jumped up to 127 per minute. Oh no. Blood pressure is 65 bar 48. Oh no. And the respirate is 32 per oh, minute. No, no, no. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> right. By the way, the VBG has now come back. It shows you a lactate of 2.17 okay. with a HB of 76 and oh. everything else okay. is within normal limits. Right. What, what now, Rosa? What do you do now? I would give you one word. Which Resus. is? Resus. Resus. <laughs> Time to All get right. to Resus. All right. So the patient is now being shifted into Resus. Um, what else would you like to do um, as soon as the patient reaches recess? Well, obviously inform the reg in charge, escalate it to the proper people. Um, um, I would also ask whoever is helping me. Fadi, is it you? Great. Uh, please try to get another line in, preferably a large bore cannula and another stat bag of fluids. Stat? Also, would someone please get this woman a pregnancy test ASAP? pregnancy test has just now come back positive after father used the VBG bloods to get it done. Yeah, boy. All right. So, Mrs. X is now in recess. Fadi, as we all know, getting a scan takes some time. What would be the easiest way to rule out anything serious happening in the abdomen? I would do a bedside fast scan to rule out any perforations or free fluids in the abdomen. If you don't know how to do it, just get a help from a senior clinician as it will tell you quickly the status of your patient. Awesome. So the bedside ultrasound scan has now revealed some free fluid in the abdomen. Rosa, what would you do next? Okay, I would immediately fast bleep both uh, gynae and the surgeons due to the sudden deterioration of the patient with free fluid confirmed in the abdomen from the bedside ultrasound. I would also like to start a gram of tranexamic acid and send off for two units of packed cells as Miss X is going to need it, especially if she's going into surgery, which I think she will be. All right, dude. So that was perfect. So now that we've, you know, basically gotten towards, well, basically towards the end, let's go over the case one more time with Fadi highlighting some key points. Right. So things to note here is, uh, number one, you'll always get red herrings in this history. For example, the mention of PCOS in an irregular period should not throw you off the possibility of an ectopic pregnancy. Remember, female patients plus child childbearing age groups plus severe right or left iliac pain should always instantly make you want to do a urine pregnancy test in the beta ACG. Number two, the little point about shoulder t shoulder pain should be your first clue towards a he hemoperitonitic buildup. 
this is called Kersine, which is spelled K-E-H-R, um, where the blood irritates the diaphragm and the phrenic nerve, uh, causing pain to the tip of the shoulder. Remember to send off a group and save. You're going to need two separate samples sent at 20 minute intervals. And it's really important to make the details handwritten. No stickers allowed. Best case scenario, you're prepared for most eventualities without any increased risk to the patient, even if it's a bit of a pain to keep, keep getting blood from that patient. Um, the last thing is that a bedside ultrasound uh, scan is going to help you immensely in these situations. So don't be afraid to ask a senior for help. And lastly, guys, it does not matter if the patient is diagnosed to have a ruptured ectopic or if it turns out to be an appendicitis. The key point to take home here is to be ready to roll with the deterioration of the patient and stabilize till you get more information. So, Rosa, what do you think the working diagnosis here was? So, my working diagnosis was that this patient had a ruptured ectopic pregnancy, which was probably causing all that fluid buildup in the abdomen. She had a hemoperitoneum. The gynae team transferred the patient to theaters later, quite, quite fast actually, and the patient underwent surgery and recovered successfully. Excellent management, guys. So, how did you find this new case format where we actually started with a patient in majors who later moved on to recess? Yeah, I mean, that's a very realistic scenario, I, I I'd like to say. Yeah, I thought it was quite refreshing. Kept me on my toes. All right, so that's a wrap for today's episode, guys. As always, consider following us on our social media page, The Zero Days Podcast, where you can view our escapades in ED and also see the memes that we like. Please don't forget to follow us on both Spotify and Instagram and leave some comments if, you know, you want to help us improve the show. Please do let us know your thoughts about the podcast and how we can improve it. Also, don't forget to grab the free cheat sheet attached with each and every episode for a quick overview of today's case. As always, if you're on your way to a shift, have a great shift. If you're on your way back from a shift, get a good night's sleep. And if you're on your zero day, enjoy your zero day. Thank you so much, guys. See you in the next episode. Bye. See ya.